they urged jurisdictions using modems and touchscreens to get rid of them. They did? But we're adding them. In Los Angeles, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Delaware, New Jersey, Texas, Missouri, Ohio. Are we insane? We are. Oh boy, here I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe for you every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio. Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, boy, I'm just, Desi Doyen, I'm just trying to keep my head from exploding here before we get to the second segment, uh, <laughs> because we've got some news out of California, out of Los Angeles, uh, that should concern every voter in the state, every voter in the country, and, well, we'll see. Sounds like a we'll big story. There. Yeah, it is kind of a big story, <laughs> kind of I big think. Deal. It's a big story, and it's really important that people hear it today, this week. And I'll explain all of that uh, ahead. Hey, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, speaking of uh, stories you might want to know about regarding the election coming up, New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker has now dropped out of the race as of Monday, ending a campaign whose message of unity and love failed to resonate in a political era marked by chaos and anxiety as AP describes it, and boy howdy, is it an era marked by chaos and anxiety. That's just one reason that I found uh, Booker's positive message to be so welcome, and I'll be sad to see him uh, no longer in the in the race, frankly. And uh, I would just also yeah. add that it's not just an era of chaos and uncertainty, but also an era of outsized contributions in campaign mm-hmm. finance because he couldn't raise the money, yet the billionaires, Steyer and Bloomberg, are able to get the money to flood the airwaves Easy and get on to these debate stages. Uh, even uh, though he's dropping out of the race, he remains, at least in my mind, a very viable vice presidential nominee, potentially. Uh, Booker's departure now leaves a field that was once the most diverse in U.S. history, with now just one remaining African-American candidate. 
That would be, I feel like I should give a prize if anyone could name who that would be, but that would be former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick, who I'm guessing most people did not even realize was in the race at this point. Um... With the Iowa caucuses now just two weeks away, followed by the New Hampshire primary the week after, Nevada caucus the next week, South Carolina primaries the next week, and then on March 3rd, Super Duper Tuesday, with more than a dozen states, including the behemoth of uh, California. California casting its votes for the next Democratic nominee for president of the United States. We will be talking about much much more about California's part in that contest. And as I said, some enormous concerns that I have and that you should, too, regarding what is about to happen out here in California, in Los Angeles, particularly given the fact that uh, California will have uh, 55 electoral votes and a huge number of Democratic delegates with which to determine the party's nominee in 2020. Back to uh, Booker here for a moment. Since launching his campaign last February, Booker, a U.S. senator from New Jersey, struggled to raise the type of money required to support a White House bid, as Desi Doyen aptly noticed. Uh, He was at the back of the pack in most surveys. He failed to meet the polling requirements needed to participate in this Tuesday night's debate in Iowa. That is the last one, I believe, before... Uh, folks begin voting in the 2020 uh, nominating contests. Booker also missed last month's debate and exits the race polling in low single digits in the early primary states and nationwide. In an email to supporters, Booker said that he, quote, got into this race to win and that his failure to make the debates prevented him from raising the money required for victory. He released an exit video today that I was going to play, but I'm going to put that aside, Desi Doyen, because, well, I want to save the time to talk about what's going on here in California and maybe take some calls on it a little bit later. If you want to write down the phone number, it's 818-985-5735. Keep that pen handy, however, because it's not just calling into this program uh, that you might want to do today. I'm going to give you an email address uh, coming up in a little bit that you'll probably want to jot down. I hope you will. Uh, In any event, uh, sorry to see Corey go. Uh, Seems sad that, uh, you know, frankly, so many candidates had to drop out for lack of money before votes were even cast. And frankly, as we've discussed on the show, I have never understood why Booker did not catch more fire, frankly. Desi, have you ever come up with a, a, an explanation for that? I have that? not, except that uh, perhaps when the corporate media decides to cover your campaign, then you have at least a bit of free media that you've earned to get more public notice. But beyond that, like I said before, the billionaires and those with a lot of money are able to flood the airwaves and get public notice that way. As AP notes, it's a humbling finish for someone who was once lauded by Oprah Winfrey as the, quote, rock star mayor. He helped uh, lead the renewal of Newark, New Jersey during his seven years in City Hall. Booker was known for uh, his headline grabbing feats of local do-goodery, as AP describes it, which is true, including running into a burning building to save a woman. 
as mayor. He would answer people on Twitter uh, who said, Mayor, I can't uh, get out of my driveway because of the snow. He'd say, where are you? I'll come over and help. And he'd come over and shovel snow at their houses. Remember that? Oh, of course. This is for real. But this is the kind of but, earned media that he was not able to get because he wasn't taking saving people from burning houses well, he, over the last campaign. Exactly. He got it back when he was a mayor of New Jersey, but not as U.S. Senator, unfortunately. Uh, so, uh, alas, uh, Despite, you know, comparisons to uh, Barack Obama uh, and he had, you know, been discussed as a potential presidential contender since he got to the Senate in 2013. Alas, that's not to be, at least not this year, at least not for the office of president. Perhaps Veep will be another story, but we will see. Uh, By the way, Booker's Senate seat in New Jersey is up for a vote this year. He will now run again for re-election to the Senate. Uh, There's a a few candidates who have uh, launched campaigns for that seat, but Booker is expected to have an easy path to re-election. With his exit now from the presidential race, uh, we now, uh, the once two dozen strong Democratic field now stands at about 12 candidates You get a prize if you can name more than five of them today. Uh, As noted, more on the elections in a moment as we try to stay up to date on everything going on at once, including the beginning of a Senate trial for the impeachment of Donald Trump. That could begin within days at this point, even as we are still waiting for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to transmit the two articles of impeachment against Donald J. Trump, one for abuse of power, one for obstruction of justice. Uh, to transmit those uh, articles over to the Senate, which, frankly, I hope she continues to hold on to. But more on all of that on another day, I suspect, as well. And as we um, as we have, it seems, avoided an all out war with Iran over this past week, at least for the time being, since Donald Trump's January 3rd assassination of Iran's most revered military leader. Uh, The questions about the legality of his killing continue to roil the administration, who seem to have uh, no small amount of trouble keeping their story straight as to why they uh, carried out this killing. And that point is important as it helps to determine whether the targeted killing is even lawful under domestic and or international law, as we discussed on one of our shows at least last week with national security law expert Karen Greenberg of Fordham University, a conversation which, frankly, like all our shows, is available for free via bradblog.com. If you would like to download it for free, give it a listen. It's made free by those of you who support our work at bradblog.com donate. Uh, Ever since the killing, the Trump administration has insisted that it killed uh, Soleimani to prevent an imminent attack on the U.S., which might have made it lawful, perhaps, if there actually was plans for an imminent attack. But as NBC News is reporting now on Monday, Donald Trump signed off on Soleimani's assassination over six months ago. NBC News is reporting today that Trump authorized a fatal drone strike on Soleimani in June. Hardly sounds like an imminent attack. that They had to do this to stop an imminent attack. Uh, there have been a number of options prevented, uh, I'm sorry, presented to the president over the course of time, according to an official speaking with NBC News. Uh, so... This has been uh, going on for months before it finally happened on January 3rd for some reason. 
That report now further complicates the administration's claim that Iran was right about to attack the U.S. right before Soleimani was killed on January 3. Ever since the assassination, Trump's top officials have been unable to explain exactly where or when Iran was going to strike. They have been uh, changing their stories hourly over the past several days. Throughout the multiple appearances on Sunday uh, cable news shows, neither Defense Secretary Mark Esper nor National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien was able to confirm that President Trump had specific intelligence that the uh, top military official Qasem, Qasem Soleimani was actually threatening to target four U.S. embassies. That, despite comments made by Trump in an interview with Fox News' Laura Ingram on Friday, claiming that his attack was justified because the uh, Soleimani had been planning an attack on four U.S. embassies that was imminent. That claim, however, sits at odds with senior officials in Donald Trump's own administration. And by the way, that was never mentioned in classified briefings last week by administration officials uh, with members of both the House and the Senate, where reportedly uh, not even the targeting of one U.S. embassy was mentioned to the uh, members of Congress during those briefings. It's almost as if Trump was, you know, making it up as he goes on Fox News on Friday. Would he ever do that? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's this is increasingly a mop up on the Trump aisle because you see White <laughs> House officials who have to, again, reverse engineer justifications for yep. Trump's false pre pretext for this assassination that he ordered. And I think they're going to be doing this a lot. I think because think? this was approved a while ago, they have all these little items in their little black box that they can pop out and say, hey, look, we're going to change the narrative right now. I think they have a lot of them in their uh, that they're ready to pull. Well, out of and hat. I'll tell you what, uh, frankly, given the fact that this appears by really all evidence to be an unlawful assassination of a, of a state official from another country, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that should be another article of impeachment. But Democrats just don't seem to roll that way. During an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper on Sunday morning, Defense Secretary Esper said that Trump had uh, that Trump never claimed to have, quote, specific intelligence that Soleimani planned to attack four U.S. embassies, but that Esper shared the president's, quote, belief that that was the case. No evidence, but they believed maybe it could be, and therefore that's plenty, right? Tapper asked Esper whether Trump was embellishing the imminence of the threats, the imminence, meaning that they could happen any second. Esper said that he did not believe so because, quote, the bottom line is we had exquisite intelligence that could only be shared with the Gang of Eight. And that would be the Republican and Democratic leaders in the House and Senate and the uh, respective leaders of the intelligence committees in uh, in each chamber of Congress, uh, none of whom have confirmed this so-called imminent threat, this imminent attack on any U.S. embassy, much less four. After Tapper said uh, that this, these explanations don't make much sense, that it doesn't make sense for Trump to make the threat claim publicly on Fox News, even while Esper is saying, oh, I can't share this exquisite intelligence uh, that was 
you know, even with Congress, uh, Esper refused to go into details of what, in fact, those members of Congress were briefed. He echoed the same comments on CNN in an appearance. uh, Well, the comments on CNN he echoed in his appearance on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday with Margaret Brennan. Esper um, said that he, quote, believed the attacks on four eminent uh, embassies was imminent. Why was there a difference? What the president said was he believed that it probably and could have been attacks against additional embassies. I shared that view. I know other members of the national security team shared that view. That's why I deployed thousands of American paratroopers to the Middle East to reinforce our embassy in Baghdad and other sites throughout the region. Probably and could have been. That that sounds more like an assessment than a specific, tangible threat with a a decisive piece of intelligence. Well, the president didn't say it was a tangible. uh, He didn't cite a specific piece (laughs) of evidence. What he said is he probably, he believed. Are you saying there wasn't one? I didn't see one with regard to four embassies. What I'm saying is I share the president's view that probably my expectation was they were going to go after our embassies. Probably, maybe, in his view, evidence to support it ain't got none. And maybe, possibly, but he believes it, Yeah, which is something that I've noticed that it is actually very similar to the sneaky wording that was used by the Bush administration in the run-up to the Iraq War. If you remember, they kept saying that they believed that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. They believed that it was an imminent threat. They don't say that I think or I know or there's evidence. They say, I believe, which is their sneaky way which of getting enough. out of if accountability. If they feel, they have lots of feels. We feel this could be... That's good enough, apparently, for both U.S. law, domestic law and international law to avoid this being what it actually is, a war crime by the president of the United States. Anyway, more on that almost certainly in upcoming broadcasts as the weeks go as the week goes on. Uh, But I want to take an early break here so I have plenty of time to let you know what's going on with this Los Angeles's. Brand new, 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen computer ballot marking device system, BMD voting system that is being rolled out for the first time in 2020. If you're a regular listener of this show, you're familiar with some of my many, many concerns about that system, which will be used on March 3rd in the Super Tuesday primary. Uh, Just over a month away, actually, early voting begins in weeks on this system. And as it turns out, it is not even certified for use by the state just yet. Uh, We have got some, uh, I think, exclusive information, uh, some documents that describe in detail why you should be very concerned about these new systems. Uh, which have been failing tests like crazy at the state level where they're being uh, certified here in California as the uh, public comment period for their certification ends in just seven days from now on Monday. Some of this stuff being found by the testers, I have learned, should blow your mind. I know it's certainly blowing mine. Uh, We will have that and much more. And as I said, if I can uh, allow the time, Uh, Hopefully a few calls from you guys if you'd like to ring in on any of these nightmares at 818-985-5735. Prepare to have your mind blown about what we here in Los Angeles and, yes, across much of the nation are doing when it comes to voting systems, unbelievably vulnerable voting systems that are insanely being installed across this country and, yes, right here in Los Angeles 
just in time for the critical 2020 presidential elections. That's next right here on the world-famous Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Little black box where your little boat goes Down and down the memory hole Oh, where, oh, where did your little boat go? Nobody knows mm. Little black box Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, my friend Jenny Cohn, who uh, some of you may know from Twitter, she's an attorney and an indefatigable election integrity uh, advocate who even I can't keep up with sometimes. She has also been on a guest on the show num- uh, a number of times. She tweeted out this tweet over the weekend, which for reasons that I do not understand, Twitter is actually suppressing, is actually blocking, so it does not get seen in threads. I don't understand why she has pinned it now to the top of her Twitter feed. Uh, because of that, you can and should, by the way, follow her at Jenny Cone One. That's the number one on Twitter. If you care about the election, uh, about the integrity of elections, voting systems, the things that we talk about a lot on this program as we head into voting now for the 2020 presidential race. So uh, Jenny tweeted three types of risky election equipment have proliferated rapidly since 2015. Universal Use Ballot Marking Devices, or BMDs, in lieu of hand-marked paper ballots. Two, electronic poll books in lieu of paper voter lists. Now, both of those two things are coming for the first time to Los Angeles in 2020. And the third thing she mentions, wireless modems in ballot scanners, We must address these three things. Well, the first two, at least, as I said, are coming to L.A., the nation's largest voting jurisdiction, uh, for the first time in 2020. And I'll get to those shortly. But as to the systems hooked up to the Internet via modems, as we noted last week, there's a reason why Desi Doyen calls Bradblog.com and the Bradcast your early warning system. It takes them a while, but eventually... The corporate mainstream media catches up with us, as NBC News did on Friday when they finally caught up with a story that we first covered last summer here on the broadcast after we'd spent years responding to the lie that these voting systems across the country are not connected to the Internet. 
Remember that back in 2016? Oh, don't worry. We shouldn't worry about it. We heard from all sorts of U.S. officials, uh, Democratic and Republican alike, both before and after the 2016 election, that you don't have to worry because these systems are never connected uh, to the Internet. Well, you will be stunned to learn, at least NBC was, uh, broadcast listeners learned this long ago, but NBC News uh, viewers uh, heard about this on Friday. We've heard it at congressional hearings for years. Our voting machines are not connected to the Internet. Those are not connected. Voting machines themselves are not connected to the Internet. And we knew that wasn't true. And cybersecurity expert Kevin Skoglin wanted to prove it. So he and nine other independent security consultants created their own search engine looking for election systems online. We found over 35 had been left online, and we're still continuing to find more. Voting machines themselves are not designed to be online. So how are some voting systems getting online? We got a first-hand look when we visited ESNS, the largest manufacturer of voting machines, and talked to CEO Tom Burt. Why is there a Sprint thing here and a Verizon thing here? There's a small percentage of jurisdictions in the country, a lot of them are in Florida, uh, who have decided that they want to modem unofficial results uh, to the election office. You know, you do wonder sometimes whether or not uh, our thirst for quick results sometimes may be interfering with our thirst for accurate results. You know, Cynthia, that, that's not my place to judge that one again. These jurisdictions have a need for that. ESNS insists while there are 14,000 of its modems in use, there are firewalls separating those modems from the public Internet and that the modems are turned on for just seconds. But Skoglin says that's not enough. We're seeing um, Illinois and Michigan. Last summer, Skoglin's team found ESNS voting systems online in at least some of the precincts in 11 states, including the battleground states of Florida, Michigan, and Wisconsin. If you were able to get inside these systems, could you do more than perhaps mess up the preliminary results? Could you actually get deeper inside the system? Absolutely, and that's, that's my biggest concern. Top computer scientist Andrew Appel agrees with Skoglund. Once a hacker starts talking to the voting machine through the modem, they can hack the software in the voting machine and make it cheat in future elections. In August, Skoglin took his results to election officials and the press, assuming the systems will get taken down. We were astonished when he showed us some of those systems are still online. Modems in voting machines are a bad idea. Those modems are network connections. And that leaves them vulnerable to hacking by anybody who can connect to that network. We should make sure that voting machines are not connected to the Internet. Period. Period. The good news, Lester, experts told us most of the country votes with paper and pencil. Those ballots counted by scanners without modems. That means audits and recounts are possible. Now, having said that, they urge jurisdictions using modems and touchscreens to get rid of them. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Let's get rid of them. But that is not, decidedly not, what is happening right now in much of this country, including in, you know, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, swing states that will determine the 2020 presidential election. They are adding touchscreens, adding modems. And yes, even closer to home, at least for me, 
As we are now just over two weeks from the Iowa caucuses uh, and the New Hampshire primary just one week later, and oh yeah, just a month and a half away from Super Tuesday, when about a dozen states, including the big states of Texas and the huge state of California, will cast its votes, we are now adding these systems rather than getting rid of these systems. I'm glad NBC News finally covered that story we covered it past uh, this uh, past July. We've had Kevin Scoglin and Andrew Appel, both of the uh, uh, experts she spoke to there on uh, on NBC, Cynthia McFadden's report. I'm glad they're covering it. Uh, but I wish they had been covering it years ago. Now, as regular listeners know, I am very concerned about what is happening across the country in these key battleground states like Georgia and Pennsylvania and North Carolina, where they are adding, yes, modems and touchscreens and elsewhere, where these brand new 100 percent unverifiable computer touchscreen ballot marking devices or BMDs, are being implemented for the first time in the critical 2020 election. And while there has been at least some media coverage in a number of those states, like Georgia and Pennsylvania, where the new BMD systems, again, brand new systems, where they failed spectacularly just last November during off-year municipal elections, the first time they were used in counties like Philadelphia, uh, there were long, hour-long waits uh, on an off-year municipal election in Northampton County, Pennsylvania, where at least one winning candidate was recorded as receiving zero votes in a whole bunch of precincts uh, instead of actually having received thousands in those precincts. While there has been way less coverage, while there's been some coverage of that, there's been way less coverage of the brand new touchscreen ballot uh, marking devices, BMDs, currently set for use here in Los Angeles County unless someone comes to their senses and or files a lawsuit uh, they, they will be used for the very first time for the March 3rd Super Tuesday primary. And there is reason, new reason today to be very concerned about these systems that I have been warning about, even while, you know, Los Angeles Times is out there, you know, writing uh, softball articles about, hey, there's this wonderful new system, all new, going to improve the, quote, voter experience here in Los Angeles. L.A. County, my home county, the most populous county in the nation, larger by itself than 41 entire states, is now moving to a new 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen ballot marking device system that uses, yes, touchscreens and modems for all voters at the polling place or now at the voting centers, as they're calling them, instead of precincts, instead of about 5,000 community precincts, there's going to be just uh, about 1,000 voting centers instead. So if you can find one, you'll be able to vote at any of them. You don't have to go to your own uh, precinct anymore because that ain't going to be there. You can go to any voting center. Uh, you can do it on Election Day or you can do it in the uh, 10 or so days before Election Day. But you will be forced to vote if you do uh, on 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens. And according to the California Secretary of State's website today, these brand new systems are having some really big problems during the state certification testing procedures. Big problems not being covered anywhere other than right here on the broadcast. And the public comment period on all of this, 
Before these systems are finally certified, the public comment period on all of this ends next Monday. I'll give you information on this shortly, so please, as I said, get a pen to write down the email address. You may wish to contact the state of California, the Secretary of State, after you hear some of this. Now, mind you, uh, California Secretary of State uh, Alex Padilla, when he was a state senator in California, just before he was elected as Secretary of State, he championed a new law back in 2013 called SB 360, which made a number of changes to the state elections code at the time. Among other things, it made it much easier for these new unverifiable touchscreen systems to be introduced in Los Angeles County to be certified at the state level. We made a lot of noise about it at the time to little avail. Again, Los Angeles Times didn't bother to cover it. NBC News certainly didn't bother to cover it. Uh, That bill was passed despite the noise we tried to make. Uh, It was signed, uh, sadly and uh, shamefully, by then-Governor Jerry Brown. Among the changes that SB 360 made was to kill the requirement that new California voting systems must pass testing at the federal level before they are even considered for use in California. They used to have to go through essentially two different testing regimes at the federal level and at the state level. And we couldn't even consider them for use here until they were uh, properly certified uh, by the, frankly, pretty loose guidelines uh, at the federal level. But we have done away with that. So we've taken away an entire level of testing. Now it's only state certification that is necessary for new voting systems in California. Um, and SB 360, again, championed by then California Secretary, uh, then California State Senator Alex Padilla, um, that also changed the law to essentially allow the Secretary of State, in this case, Alex Padilla, and the Secretary of State alone, to okay the use of new voting systems in live elections, even if they don't pass California certification testing at all. They can be used in a live election pretty much with the signature of the secretary of state if he wants them uh, to be used without being certified in any fashion at the federal or state level, as long as the secretary of state essentially signs off on it. Thanks to a law that was passed by the Secretary of State before he became Secretary of State. Now, that provision uh, may need to come into play here based on the problems that are now being reported by testers of L.A.'s new unverifiable touchscreen systems, which are replacing our existing hand-marked paper ballot systems at the polls in 2020 for the first time. The system, for the record, is being called VSAP, or Voting Solutions for All People, VSAP. Uh, That's the way it's been dubbed by the L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk, Dean Logan, who used to come on this program to answer questions. But in the past year or so, as the system has been developed and as I have been raising more and more questions about it, he has refused to come onto this program to answer any questions or even to answer the simple questions that I have sent him via email or on Twitter Uh, about it, as he used to. I think he knows that he has a real problem here on his hands with these ill-considered new systems that he has been ill-considering for about 10 years now. 
uh, before their first use this year for the Super Tuesday, March 3rd presidential primaries. Actually, the first countywide use of the of VSAP systems will be in just about exactly one month. That's because of the early voting that will now take place in L.A. beginning 10 days or so before the March 3rd primary in California. So I received a tip uh, recently that state certification testing for the VSAP system was not going well, and that while uh, difficult to find on the Secretary of State's webpage, testing reports are finally now being posted there, and the results, as I and now others have been combing through them, is very not good. According to one national, nationally renowned cybersecurity and voting systems expert that I consulted with on these documents, uh, which, as I say, are now posted at the California Secretary of State website. I will link to them uh, when I post today's program at bradblog.com. You have to know where to look. But if you look at them, the certification testers are finding some very bad and very scary problems and vulnerabilities in these systems. Which, by the way, yes, use touchscreens. So the voter has a computer-marked paper ballot that can never be known after an election to have been verified by the voter as reflecting the voter's actual intent before they're tabulated by optical scan computer systems. So, uh, as I said, I, I, I sent my concerns about this to a number of experts in the field over the weekend uh, about these testing results being not good uh, as revealed at the California Secretary of State's website. Among the replies, uh, I heard from one uh, expert who wrote back, quote, can confirm they are not good. He listed a number of points revealed by the testing reports as the systems are still not approved for certification in California. And again, the public comment field on uh, 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 period on all of this ends on Monday, Monday, uh, January 20 at 5 p.m., presumably Pacific time. So uh, this expert uh, cited just some of the concerns that were found, are found currently in the testing reports for this new Los Angeles system. Um, as he described, can boot from USB and bypass all security and logging protections. Essentially, what that means is these new machines can be booted by a uh, any old USB jump drive, essentially, a memory stick, and you'll be able to avoid security checks and potentially add malware to the touchscreen system that you are supposed to be voting on in Los Angeles in just a few weeks. That was found by the testers. Overuse of the root user account, that's the master account, that if you have access to that, you can do anything on these systems. Reading from the uh, testing reports itself, uh, I found uh, descriptions of this. Quote, too many people have access to the root password. There is excessive root access to the system. The excessive root access and the ability to boot the system from a USB port Give access to the system by unauthorized individuals. This is all from the testing reports of these machines that are about to be certified. 
They go, the report goes on to say either scenario can result in undetected changes to files and data. Both scenarios can allow functions to be executed in non-intended ways. The unrestricted access to and the ability to boot from the USB port allows access to voting data. Are you concerned yet? My expert goes on to cite other concerns from this uh, from these reports, uh, saying there is many problems with the security regarding encryption and cryptography. Many potential vulnerabilities in the open source and third party software that is used as parts of this system. The testers found, quote, it is possible to insert or remove ballots from both the BMD and ballot transfer boxes without detection. This should be an easy one. You can apparently just stick your hand into the box and pull out these computer printed ballots and do away with them without detection. Quote, the printer cover allows access to the ballot box and can be opened without detection. In all, he notes that the report lists around 40, 40 violations of the California Voting Systems Standards. That's the CVSS for short. Uh, these tests, the, these uh, documents, again, are all posted online if you know where to look on the Secretary of State's website. Um, it's the uh, County of Los Angeles VSAP 2.0 Consultants Functional Testing Report, for example, uh, which says, and you can read these again yourself, well, the, the CVSS, the California Voting System Standards, says that there may be no page scrolling, for example, on a touchscreen system. Voting systems shall not require page scrolling by the voter. Well, guess what the testers found? Long candidate lists require voters to scroll on the BMDs. The state standards also say that any unauthorized physical access shall leave physical evidence that an unauthorized event has taken place. But the testers found, quote, seals, locks, labels and sensors can all be bypassed without detection. As I said, this is very not good. And yet, unless something changes, the nation's largest voting jurisdiction will be using these systems for the first time in just over a month to cast a huge number of votes in the primary races for president of the United States. Uh, do I have your attention yet? This is a very serious concern. Now, there is still more to be very worried about regarding those VSAP systems, uh, even when and if they are working as designed. Uh, that I'll get to in a moment. But I want to review and uh, remind you very quickly a story that we covered on Friday's broadcast. I think it was Friday, um, based on a, uh, a brand new report, brand new academic study on BMDs, ballot marking devices. Uh, this was a study done by voting system and cybersecurity experts at the University of Michigan just last week. It was reported by The Washington Post. Thank you, Washington Post. In short, what the researchers and authors of this study did was they ran a mock election with some, uh, I think it was 241 voters using new, brand new ballot marking devices that are the same type of systems that are proliferating across the country, where you use a touchscreen system to select the candidates that you want or the votes, uh, your, your, your uh, vote for a ballot initiative. 
And the computer prints out a piece of paper with supposedly with the voters selections computer marked onto them for review by the voter before that ballot is then approved by the voter in theory. And then it gets counted by yet another computer, an optical scanner. Now, in this mock election, in this study by the University of Michigan, the researchers there programmed these BMDs to flip a vote on each voter's ballot, to actually change the voter's vote in every case, to change at least one vote. And even though the voters were informed that they must verify the computer-printed marked ballot before it is cast— To make sure that they are accurate as per voter intent, guess what? 93% of voters in this mock election did not notice that the computer had changed at least one of their votes when it printed out their ballot. Even though the voters were told you must check this printout before you cast the ballot. 93% of the flipped votes got through the system without detection from the voters. And after it is cast, there is no way to tell that the vote was flipped. Once the voter says it's okay, it's good, then we're all good. But it gets worse. It gets more insane. And no, you are not imagining this. Yes, these systems will be used in the 2020 presidential election for the first time in battleground states. Uh, And others all over the U.S. in the uh, first presidential election since the U.S. government determined that Russia attempted to hack voting systems in all 50 states back in 2016 and that they are preparing to do so again in 2020. And while one could make the case that, hey, Russia would like to say help Donald Trump, one could also make the case these days that another country with excellent cyber offensive capabilities and an interest in U.S. voting systems, that would be Iran, might like to see Donald Trump lose. So folks from all parties, it seems to me, should now be paying very close attention to all of this, as I have been pointing out for going on at, you know, at least 16 years now. And then there's a whole bunch of other countries, by the way, who also have interest in U.S. elections, not to mention the Americans who might like to game the system, including elections insiders who have direct access to these systems and do not even need to hack them to flip results uh, in an election, an election that the public can't oversee because of all of these computers on systems like these BMDs, where the public can never know if even one vote reflects the will of even one voter. So here is where we are uh, with the system that is set for use in L.A., which is not unlike BMD systems being used elsewhere. Uh, I say it's just off the charts insane. As I pointed out on this program some months ago after the L.A. County Registrar Dean Logan proudly released a demonstration video of this new VSAP system, even if these unverifiable systems work as designed, there's a huge, another huge security problem with them that I'm not even sure the testers found doing certification testing for California. So you make your selections on the touchscreen and then you, you know, tell the computer you're done and you would like to review the computer printed ballot. It prints it out, prints out a ballot summary of your selections for you to review. And if you're happy with the selections you see on that piece of paper. And remember, the brand new study says 93 percent will not notice if a vote has been flipped on that piece of paper. But in any event, if you're happy with it, you tell the computer you're cool. You push another button 
And in Los Angeles, that ballot gets sucked right back up through the very same print heads on the very same printer path that printed it originally. So if the computer uh, might like to make any changes or additions to the ballot after after you have approved it, you will never see it happen before your so-called verified paper ballot is cast and tabulated by the optical scan computers. The ballot will just go right back through the print heads, can change your vote, can do anything at once. You will never know it happened, and it will be impossible to tell even after the election is over. I, yes, go ahead. Des, well, and and go one ahead. thing that you have repeatedly said yes. is even if everything goes perfectly, yeah. even if there are no issues, are no problems, we can't know that after the election is over yep. because you can't know that the voter actually looked at their vet ballot, right. that they could verify that the, anything had changed. You won't know because the computer marked it rather than the voter. And what you will it. be told if you ask L.A. Uh, County Registrar Recorder uh, Dean Logan or any of the other people who are election officials who are using these systems is that, oh, we're going to do a post-election audit of these systems. Well, guess what? Professor Phil Stark, we had him on this show a a few weeks ago from UC Berkeley. He is the man who invented the post-election risk-limiting audit protocol that is used uh, to hand uh, count a sample of ballots uh, after an election. The, the people who are the election officials who are citing these BMD uh, systems for use, they're saying, well, we'll don't worry about it because nothing will be changed on them. We'll somehow check the computer printed ballots. We'll count a few of them under this risk limiting audit protocol developed by Phil Stark. Well, Phil Stark says, and he said on this show, that you cannot use a computer marked paper ballot in a risk limiting audit. It will not tell you anything about whether uh, the, the totals reflect voter intent because you cannot know voter intent from a computer marked paper ballot. But he tells me uh, in response to all of this, to my concerns about this, uh, the, the, the certification testing where these systems are failing miserably in Sacramento before they're supposed to be certified for use in California. Uh, He tells me about the paper ballot going back through the same printer path. He says, quote, if the ballot passes under the print head, when you insert it to be scanned, that is a security fail. Yes, you bet it is. And yet L.A. will be using these systems if they are approved by the secretary of state. And that is where I need all of you. I need all of your help. According to the California Secretary of State website, public comments on the certification of these systems, uh, the public comment period comes to an end on this coming Monday. You may send public comments to the Secretary of State between now and Monday, January 20. Uh, Anyone wishing to submit written comment may do so by emailing, you got your pen handy, voting systems at sos.ca.gov. That is voting systems at sos.ca.gov. You got to do that by 5 p.m., I think Pacific time, on January 20, 2020. That is uh, this coming Monday. Uh, I would let them know this is madness, that every voter in the state of California should be casting a vote on a hand-marked paper ballot, not on 
a touchscreen computer system, much less one that is failing as miserably as the VSAP system is under uh, state certification tests. I mean, I only gave you a, a, a part of the uh, security concerns with these systems and the usability concerns with these systems. So please don't wait for someone else to do this. Um, let uh, the California Secretary of State, Alex Padilla, know your feelings about whether these systems should be certified or we or if we should stop this crap in its tracks. You can email voting systems at sos.ca.gov. Feel free, if you like, to uh, CC me or BCC me, whatever. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. You can also reach the California Secretary of State for questions on this by phone for those who do not email. You can reach uh, the Secretary of State's office on this at 916-695-1680. That's 916-695-1680. This is up to you. No one else is talking about this. I promise you Los Angeles Times is not talking about this. And, of course, I hope you'll share a link to today's show with the Secretary of State. It'll be posted at bradblog.com later this evening, along with years of archives of all of our shows on this and much more, where we have been warning about this going back 10 years. I was in the very first meeting with Dean Logan 10 years ago when he was developing this VSAP system. And I warned at the time about exactly what I'm telling you about 10 years later. So you can download this show, you can link to it and others at bradblog.com. That is free. Thanks to those of you who support our work at bradblog.com slash donate. Uh, If you're not concerned, I don't know what it's going to take. And I don't know what the uh, L.A. County Clerk's plan B is, by the way, if he does not receive certification for this brand new system, which costs the county a whopping, are you ready for this, 300 million taxpayer dollars. Yes, you heard me right. Three hundred million taxpayer dollars for a system that so far, uh, well, it don't work. It's insecure. And even when it does work, we will never be able to know if it has uh, tallied our votes correctly. Uh, The other thing you can do today, by the way, is go online. If you live in L.A. County, you can go to lavote.net to both check your registration, make sure you're registered, Uh, And with the party that you wish to vote for in the uh, primaries on March 3rd, request a hand-marked vote-by-mail ballot rather than leaving the fate of your vote to these 100 percent unverifiable, completely vulnerable, according to state testers, wildly dangerous voting systems that could fail completely on Election Day here in Los Angeles because, yes, they rely on modems. So if, you know what, the Internet goes out on Election Day... It's not just L.A. It's also other states and counties around the country where similar systems, similar new touchscreen systems are set for use in 2020. I say it's madness. I know I'm running late, so I got to get out to a break. Uh, If you have any thoughts, give me a call real quick right now. 818-985-5735. As I say, no one else is talking about this. 818-985-KPFK. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with, oh, you know, two minutes worth of calls right here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. You're welcome. (laughs) 
Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Yes, walking on broken glass right here at the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Thanks for sticking with us. My apologies that I won't have enough time to get to... uh, much of anyone on the phones, but let's run through as many as we can as quickly as we can. Dr. Bill from Los Angeles. Uh, welcome to the broadcast, Doc. Oh, sorry. A little volume, a little low. Yeah, I wanted to make a brief comment, and that is, well, let me introduce it by saying that I've been a poll worker, God, for many years, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe 20 times through the year, something like that. And one of the things that concerns me is that, well, most of the time, it's been at a post center, the fire department, which is something like three or four blocks from my home. Mm-hmm. And I understand with the new system, a lot of those centers people are all used to are just gone. 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 Yeah, we're going we from 5,000 uh, precincts to about 1,000 voting centers. And as of now, nobody knows where they are. Exactly. Yep. That, it's, 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 it's madness. Dr. Bill, I got to run. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let me see who I can very quickly get to here. Uh, let me go. You bet. Uh, uh, let's go to Morris. We have not heard from him in a while. Hey, Mo, welcome to the broadcast, sir. How can you uh, make us all feel better as we close today's show? Well, 51% of the Confederacy want this man removed from office. I'm talking about Fox News. Okay? The blue wave is higher than Mount Everest, Brad. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it this time. Oh, there's really? There's so many people voting for the Democrats. It's crazy. All right. Okay, are you worried about, about are you worried, really? Are you, more, Mo, are you worried about the primaries and uh, getting those uh, counted accurately? No, no. Bernie Sanders has got this. It don't make no difference, <laughs> Brad. The blue wave is so big. Mount Everest couldn't handle this. I mean, it's that bad. You got 51% of the Confederacy want this man out of uh, office. I'd be surprised if 200 people vote Republican. Really, it's just that bad. All right. Thanks, Mo. Good to hear from you. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, Let me go to one more here. Bill in Lake Elsinore. You got about 15 seconds, brother. Hey, Brad. How you doing? Um, I'm both by mail. Riverside County, too late for an answer. But I heard those machines come with a coin slot. Yeah, I, I wish... Then we might have a chance of winning on them. Hey, thanks, Bill. I appreciate the thoughts. Uh, I appreciate everyone who uh, called in. Sorry I ran late, but you needed to hear this. Remember, you can drop email to votingsystems at sos.ca.gov to give them your thoughts on L.A. County's failing new voting systems. You can drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. Find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my soundboard operator today, D'Angelo Jones, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Miss any portion of today's show? Download it for free at bradblog.com. That is it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.